My name is Point Blank Evumbi and welcome to PBE Daily, the early mornings and late night podcast. I would like to apologize for the sound you hear of the dog in the background. For some reason, I don't know what's happening with her, but I think she's sick or something. No, the pet is not mine. It belongs to one of my neighbors and not to come off as cold-hearted, but I don't know the first thing of how to take care of pets. And I am the last person you should ask what should be done. Should, I, should it be fed? Should it be... I don't know. I do not know. And in this particular case... I don't think the pet owner knows either, but that's neither here nor there. I wanted to make an episode this morning because it feels as if I may not be wanting to put more content out, but I'll put it to you this way. How I mentioned that there's a lot that needs to be taken care of, but it's been coming up in big, like fast pace uh, timelines that need to be taken care of. I'm not truly in a position to actually make as much work come out and make the podcast happen at the same time so one had to be compromised and unfortunately the the podcast had to suffer a little bit in regards to how quickly i churn out episodes and also i'm glad i took a while because for some reason every time the yin and yang just has a silver lining in between and the silver lining in this case ended up becoming that i'm actually able to have more in-depth content my second podcast um, 1513 has actually gotten to its 10th episode so i'm actually glad i've made it to that level of leaps and bounds the lessons are getting up piece by piece and i'm always glad when i hear that from what the content i put out that it seems i'm coherent and i'm making sense in the way i'm conversant in how i'm bringing the information to you and I can't thank you enough for letting me know about that and I can't thank you enough for actually leading me to even greater heights in regards to the information that seems to come back to me in regards to that which I could talk to or talk about thereafter. And in this particular case, I've been having this back and forth conversation with some of the people I work with who I should be with them in the office in a couple of minutes and since I'd like to walk that thin line, it's like Mission Impossible, I want to walk that thin line between early and late and make sure I still fulfill that which is required of me in the office and still be able to come back home and fulfill what you, that which is supposed to happen next and let me tell you something I'm doing something on the children's book that I'm so happy about I made convincing feathers on a character that's actually close up and for a guy who is learning as he goes you do not know the extent of how fulfilled I feel when I make a drawing that I've never done before and it comes out true and again it's a it's probably a testament to patience and i feel all this barrage of information will lead to even more curiosity or revisits of this podcast as we continue to grow and i think it's the best thing ever because i'm starting to feel as if i'm going to have uh, the same impact that a character like bill burr had on me when i initially uh, began making my podcast because in his podcast when he talked about a show he was working on and then when the show came out i'd watch the show and i'd go back and listen to his podcast on the, on the time on the timeline before he actually had it out and he talked about in which month he was taking care of sound and which month he was taking care of storyboards which month he was taking care of negotiations to get the show going and then he's on his media tour and i feel like by watching those who came before me do what they do i'm being informed about what i may be doing thereafter and it kind of adds to why this particular episode I'm doing today is very, very important. And today's episode is actually 
me geeking out on something that many of you may have no clue about and I feel many of you should have a clue about because it's been something I've said no about over and over again. I'd like to talk about animation today. And when I say talk about animation, I'm going to talk about how there's a complete misunderstanding in regards to how animation comes out and i know a lot of illustrators are also take the time to listen to this podcast and i can't thank them enough because i feel i do this predominantly for them because i feel you should know that you're not alone and you should know that there's many of us who actually are out here doing this thing and the few of us who can actually feel like they have the time to talk about it or feel they have the content or experience to talk about it will do so and I hope to interview an animator at some point in the future as well and here's the thing I'd like you to know as far as the layman's view of animation to most of us I think any producing in their 30s right now or in, the, or in their 40s you either discovered animation or found out what animation was thanks to VHS tapes, movie screenings or television I grew up on Saturday morning cartoons and I didn't know this was a, a global phenomenon because the same Saturday morning cartoons I'd watch in Kenya were the same Saturday morning cartoons that watch in the States. Of course, with a time difference of maybe a couple of months or a couple of years because we were we arrived at the party late because when, when we were getting the Transformers cartoons and the, and the say, gummy bears and things like that it was after that been screened in the states and there were seasons down the line and i think syndication was how we ended up getting the animation from this side of the world but then cartoon network came and that kind of changed everything and initially cartoon network was being brought to us by ktn i think and then after that came to pass they then moved on to making other cartoon channels come to life and with cable tv becoming a thing and the internet becoming a thing we just distanced, distanced ourselves from that which existed but in my curiosities the other place I went to was manga and anime and I, I didn't have the patience to watch some of the anime shows because I want to watch how the animation is being made and I don't want to move my eyes away from the responsibility of watching the frames being executed and read the subtitles at the same time. So I'm the guy who enjoys English dub and I know for most people it kind of takes away from the quality of the actual anime but I'd, I'd say go watch a full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, the English dub, and you'll understand where I'm coming from. It will be of great significance in how you, you view the show and how you see that animation. But this is the breakdown I wanted to give people who've constantly asked about animation work and how animation work comes together. Again, I'm going to geek out a lot, but I'm going to try make it as simple as possible so that those who have been asking me why I don't take in animation work or take in other animation pieces to get a grip on what I mean by my denial of doing the business in the first place. It's time consuming. Let's start from there. A typical Disney animation is 24 frames per second and they have to draw all 24 frames as we go. When it comes to the animation work that I do, I think in every day of the week, I make approximately 60 to 100 drawings a day of the animation work. I've been doing 60 to 100 drawings a day for the last eight years, going on nine. Every day. Every day. The project I've been doing all these animations for, you've only seen the trailer of it on, in, on, in, on YouTube called Absolan. Now, since it is a feature film, and we're about to begin some production on the actual feature film, I know that's too much information, but we're here now. I am still yet to finish at least 
to 96 pieces of animation and once those 96 pieces of animation are completed and then the sound engineers come and take care of what they need to do we'll take those 96 pieces of animation that will be completed by then hopefully and every other one of the 700 800 plus shots that we animated and then we'll have to lip sync that which is put in sound thereafter we'll also have to stretch out certain places so that we can make sure that they actually have the full length effect of not only the sound but also the mood being carried forward when it comes to making the animation myself i thought i thought the best way for me to go was a technique i learned from manga and i learned it from observation they work in double frame so you you make Two frames do that which is supposed to be done by singular frames at a time. It's why when you look at a manga cartoon, the characters look like they're jerking from pose to pose, as opposed to a Disney cartoon where the character is moving swimmingly. But if we're going to keep it in the East, if you look at a movie like, say, Akira, Akira was done, I think it was a hundred frames a second or something like that, because they wanted to make the details so vivid that you couldn't believe it was drawn. and. They hired, I think it was one of the most expensive movies to be animated when it came out. Now, when I look at that, I know how much time it actually potentially could have taken depending on how many people you're working with. In my situation, as far as my 9 to 5 is concerned, I have, a, we're a two-man team and we still can't move as fast as we'd like to because still one person has to do the keyframes and in-betweens and then the next person has to do the, the coloring phase for the keys and in-betweens. Now. Here, here's what a keyframe is. A keyframe is the initial pose that a character makes to another initial pose that a character makes. The in-between, as the name suggests, are the frames you have to draw to lead the pose from one to the other. In making the in-betweens, you're supposed to be able to make sure that the flow is fluid, not only for the character's body. You have to take into consideration that the weight of the character has to be taken into consideration as the movie body is swinging from side to side. You have to take into consideration the fabric that's actually on the character, how tight it is and how loose it is. All that has to be considered and you have to make sure you're conscious of it in every pose you create. All that stuff is me geeking out, but it doesn't give a reason as to why I don't take in the work. And here's the why. Turnover time for such work is not easy. Just now I mentioned that I've been working on the same project for the last eight years going on nine. Damn near a decade working on one project every day outside of weekends and sometimes occasionally on weekends. It's not based upon the inspiration that you find at the time. It's based upon you already had the inspiration so you made a storyboard for it and then you went on forward. Here's how the phases go as far as a production style, let's say for television, comes to life. You need a script, so a storyteller is important. Find a storyteller to write the script and make it as fluid as possible in that it has everything required in a story from the thrilling moments, the sad moments, the happy moments, the final victory or the final uh, tragedy, depending on what you're going for at the time. All these have to be put into consideration. Upon that, the script is going to be passed to a person like me and I will storyboard how the entire script is supposed to play. My responsibility as a storyboard artist is to make the environment, bring the environment to life, make sure the characters who have been described probably just by the line without an actual bio of what the character is, describe how the character is supposed to look, find their actual stances, their actual facial expressions and all that. In animation, normally there's uh, some takeaways they give you of how a villain is supposed to look and how a good guy is supposed to look. Lately, we've been finding it that in animation, they, they, you can never really tell who the villain is until much, much later. I think that was one of the victories of the first Frozen film. The person who was the villain, you couldn't tell was the villain until later because he was 
perceived as the good guy until they changed. I think Star Wars did the same to us at the same time or prior to that. When it comes to now this particular situation of we want to make the greatest piece of animation on home soil, I'm grateful for things like Instagram and, and YouTube because animators also have to make content and visual artists also have to make content and these guys as they're endeavoring to make content they keep on sharing their techniques and their methods everything i've learned about how to illustrate in different styles has been from observing the work of other artists and trying to make my own version of it or from following tutorials of their technique of drawing and then making the actual drawing thereafter up in the air, even in the way I've explained it, but it does lead to great satisfaction when the project comes to life and the project comes to a close because the work is perceived better thereafter. But I already knew that the patience it demands has me sometimes pausing and walking away from the work before I come back because my attention span sometimes gets affected by how long I've sat in front of the monitor. And it's not because my eyes are burning or anything because thank God for the current like blue, uh, blue light protection that are on the glasses that I'm wearing today. Of course, props to Mary to Unique at Kenya Cinema. I don't give them a plug for that because those guys have saved my life. So if you get the chance and you have, a, you have your prescription, visit Mary to Unique and go get your glasses from there. Slightly more affordable, but it's worth it. And I've been able to do more work in even later hours. But so when I'm actually feeling like my eyes are burning, it's because I'm physically tired, of which I've been feeling a lot of in the last couple of weeks. So Jabba juice comes in very, very handy. <laughs> Hope I don't develop a dependency. But Again, I'm digressing. Another piece of animation that's actually been made possible, especially for the kind of market that demands more African content and everything, cutout animation has worked to a great advantage for the guys who want to mass produce animation and they want to get their stuff out quickly. So I'll give you a perfect example of cutout animation. South Park, for those who know what South Park is, that's cutout animation. If you look at the very first season, which original is now available on Netflix, free plug for those guys. Of course, they'll find out about it and then come pay me. They made the cutouts of how the characters are supposed to look and then they moved the characters. I think it was more, more or less uh, stop motion animation for that kind of a project. And away from that, there's now other cartoons that were made. Like, for example, the animation I worked on, Tinker Tinker Tales, was also cutout animation, but this time it wasn't uh, based off of capturing frames that are moved by hand, but the software that they created was possible for you to make the characters move from pose to pose thereafter. The kind of animation I'm into is the kind of animation that is used, say, for Disney old school cartoons and for uh, manga and anime in the initial phases because now 3D has also been adapted into 2D animation where you have 3D actual rigs that are make, making the characters move and then you render the work in the final piece to look like 2D animation. I prefer to make the characters be drawn from pose to pose because I'd like to see the human capability of being able to draw that. My passion was always 2D animation because I love to draw. I am curious about making 3D part of my portfolio because I'm always curious to up the skills that I am actually able to attain. And I'm, I'm not going to venture into trying to learn that software just yet because I still have so much I want to finish and so much I want to attain as far as the 2D side of the world is concerned before I actually start adding more skills to that which I have already. 
no time is not on my side but i'll take it as i go so the best i can do is try and make sure i stay as healthy as possible as i find my endeavors in that direction but back to the old school drawing frame by frame 2d animation the saturday morning cartoon say your scooby-doos and um touche turtles and cartoons like that like top cat and those kind of cartoons here's the cheat code that they used when it came to making the animation come to pass for any story that they're actually doing, you make an ambiguous version of lip syncing on the mouth movements of the characters, and you make certain cycles that are going to be reused over and over again. Take, for example, a walk cycle. You can make a character walk from left to right, left to right, left to right, front to back, front to back, front to back, because you're certain you're going to re reuse those particular shots often. For those who are visual artists, think about it this way. In every scooby-doo cartoon you ever watched you never watched the character walk to the camera in a three-quarter angle or diagonally you never saw that there were never diagonal shots they were always flat you felt like you were watching a stage a stage play and you'd see a character run from left to right left to right left to right you never saw them run diagonally and it's because that kind of diagonal run probably would be used for the intro sequence and nothing else I mean, even uh, Fred Flintstone, the Flintstones, was also the same kind of template. You'd make certain lip sync movements of him happy, lip sync movements of him sad, him laughing, things like that. And then you'd add occasionally certain poses where they're actually sitting together and talking together. And that's like the Jetsons and stuff like that. So it all went in specific angles. And the other stuff that would actually be used in a, in a different way would probably be down certain shots where, let's say, you go to a certain diner and places like that. And... Even South Park, sorry, our family guy has hints of the old school Saturday morning cartoon in that the sets don't really change. It's similar sets in the daytime, in the nighttime and all that. It's like watching a sitcom, but now animated. It's possible to execute this. It's possible to get these things done, but I personally haven't really ventured into trying to get them done because I'd like to finish one project and jump to another. On the few times I wanted to jump into making other forms of animation, I know how much time and curiosity demands and since I'm, it's bad enough I'm an overthinker of how I'd like the thing to look, why would I put myself in a position of compromise where I'd say I'm going to take in another piece of work I'm supposed to execute, knowing full well it's going to be a struggle to execute? Giving myself ulcers out of nowhere, of which I've never had any, thank heavens, giving myself ulcers because I want to impress so bad but I can't because I kind of dropped the ball in trying to make the thing come to life in the best way possible. Animation demands time. Unless I have templates I've created before that you want to, me to adapt to what you need, I'm not going to take an animation work for something else. Fatboy Productions, the guy who zoomed the fiber ads, their sets also don't change much. They have staple characters who become the embodiment of whatever ad they're being created for. When a person comes up to me and says they want to make a music video, and it's a character who's going to be used just the one time, and they probably want the video to be out the same time that they're making uh, the album debut, I would love to reach a level where a person wants to make a music video comes to me during the time they're conceptualizing the album, of course, which will take about a couple of months. Maybe we start conceiving the characters at that time, conceiving the sets at that time, so that by the time you're finishing making your album, 
the video is also ready at that time but to commission it after your your video your, your, your album is done it just leads me to now make a crash course of production and for me to be able to get a crash course of production I need to have manpower that could actually execute things in short turn over time of which there is none animation wise everyone has their different style and different technique and many of the people in my field are so married to their styles they're not willing to adapt new ones I'll tell you that for free. The one reason why you could actually tell my work away from everybody else's is because there's a style apparently that I have which is very bulky and stocky. And thank God for Salim Busuru for telling me about that because I always thought that I don't draw properly. But the fact that the way I draw is he can perceive it's my full execution in a happy place is why I'm grateful for uh, Fibonzo and everything that they do because Fibonzo is like the highest par, uh, bar for me. I'd like to get to the level of Salem's work because Salem is just amazing. The guy has released more books in the last one year than I've released in the last two. And he full on full-time works in the comic book industry of which I intend to return to once I finish my digital renaissance painting style work. And once that's out of the way, I can really focus back on that which needs to be done. But many people want to go for pitch meetings and they want to put out their work out there. And the few who are willing to be patient enough with that which I need to get things done, I'm happy for those people. But the guys who keep on thinking that I'd, I'd say no to work because they, they feel I'm being uh, braggadocious or I'm being uh, petty, you can stay away from me. The few people who are willing to take the time to understand that this animation work and uh, illustration work demands patience, the guys who are willing to actually take that particular statement seriously, you are always mess with, you are always work with. And I'd like to make this very clear to as many people as I possibly can. And this is probably going to come off arrogant and it's born from my source of strength in regards to how I found my way of loving myself, which is hip hop. I do not say this to be crass, I do not say this to be harsh. Outside of the podcasts that I create, everything else that I do illustration-wise is thanks to people who believe in that which I do. I have a 9 to 5 to fund my dreams. Interestingly enough, the 9 to 5 is one of my dream jobs. And I'm blessed enough to work with people who understand that I will go and fight to the highest mountain for that which is to be executed. My passion is on a thousand percent present. And when I leave that office and I come back to this house and I make my recordings and I make my other illustration work, the same passion also exists because the end game is very important to me. And the process to the end game is as important. My saying this on the podcast is so that more people could actually think the way I think, so more people could actually work the way I work and create even better than I create. So when the time comes and I have to pass work to somebody else, they are the first call I make. This is me calling out to you to find you, not for me to hire you, but for you to potentially be the person who probably takes a bit of the work away from me so I can make my work come to life. I won't starve for work. I've got plenty to create already. I have a 10-year plan for work. If you could be possibly in a position to take away these things that are stopping me from following my personal goal, I will be eternally grateful and I will look forward to working with you in the future. So today, I'd like you to say it as loud as you possibly can. Be Caesar or be nothing at all.
Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of which probably my most geeked out episode which i'm most informed about most i'm speaking on and hey maybe I'm, i may be wrong about some of the techniques that came out there after but apologies for the dog hopefully the dog will be taken care of soon enough and she'll be okay and until next time